Awesome. Well, uh, if you're here for the very first time, uh, we're still missing some people from Bear Valley Church. As Craig uh, told us earlier, there's about 60 youth and a, a bunch of adults as well uh, up at Big Bear. Um, I, I wanted just to, just to tell you they're having a great time. Ben Roush is our speaker. He was our intern a couple of years ago. Uh, he's vastly improved, though. He's married now, uh, and uh, it's awesome to meet his wife. They're a sweet couple, and he's uh, giving his heart to preaching. Also up there is Blake Boys. Uh, some of you may uh, remember that name. Uh, he grew up here. His dad was the pastor many moons ago, and now he's a worship pastor up in Kingsburg, and him and his wife are up there leading the music with their three kids, three kids. And how great is that to see uh, kids having kids, you know. Uh, he, he's in his, thir- they're in their 30s, I think. But uh, anyways, it's awesome. It's a great time. I want to encourage you also just to tell you that uh, most of you know that Brandon uh, has been struggling with his health, and he's uh, pretty, uh, uh, pretty at the end of his rope. And so we're going to uh, try to back off a little bit of his responsibilities here uh, in the next couple of months. He'll still be around. He'll still be doing things, but uh, we're going to uh, give him some rest time and uh, just continue to pray for him. I know that uh, some of you uh, have great ideas of how to uh, fix everything. Uh, keep them to yourselves, and uh, um, we'll just try to uh, help him and encourage him. The Lord knows better than both of us, uh, and so we're going to uh, encourage him in that way and his dear wife, Abby. So I just wanted to tell you that. The men would come forward. We'll worship the Lord with our giving. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy to us. Thank you that you are a God uh, that forgives, uh, that you don't get rid of us, uh, even though we deserve that. Um, you love us in your grace. And so, uh, Lord, we ask that you would uh, help us uh, to embrace your plan for us today. Even as we gather here together, we sing and we realize that that's corrective, that we are out on our own and we need to be reminded of your control and your forgiveness uh, that comes at cost. God, I ask that you do your work in your church today. Uh, we thank you as you've gathered us here together that you would stir our hearts to love you. God, I do pray for our youth as they're away. Ask that you would work in their lives, draw them to yourself, um, either back to yourself as uh, they may have wandered or to yourself for the first time. Lord, I pray for these things. God, I ask that you would grant strength and mercy to Brandon and his dear wife, Abby. Lord, I ask that you would uh, refresh them in the months to come, uh, help them to uh, persevere and be sustained in your grace. Uh, God, we thank you for your church for providing for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you guys, has God been faithful to you? Try to count the ways. Try to think about the significant ways God has been faithful to you while we sing this song together. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. 
Thank you, worship team. Uh, you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19. Uh, I realize we've been away from the book of Matthew for a while now, uh, and we're jumping back in to the deep end, to the deep end. We've taken a time off for Christmas. Uh, we talked about some things about the Lord's return, or uh, the Lord coming uh, as a baby, and and the, as the beginning of the year, we dealt with some uh, New Year's issues, and now... Uh, Last week we talked about Islam and just how, as believers, we uh, respond to those who believe differently. Um, And now uh, we're going to talk about marriage and divorce. (laughs) Diving in the deep end. Diving in the deep end. Uh, If you can remember uh, when you've gotten married, the day you got married, your wedding day. Uh, For some of you, it's so, so long ago, it's hard to remember uh, others of you could tell me funny stories of things that happened that day. Uh, others of you can't remember anything, uh, anything at all. Uh, and uh, so you can remember, maybe, maybe for you, you can remember the anxiousness of it all. As a, as a man, I remember thinking, I don't have a clue of what I'm doing. Like, I, uh, I wasn't one of these uh, kids, and maybe this is most of us as men, I didn't dream of getting married one day. Uh, I thought the idea of wearing a tuxedo didn't sound all that great. Um, and so I didn't think about it until really uh, I met Rebecca. And then I'm like, this seems like a good idea, a good next step. Uh, I guess if when you like somebody a really lot, you should marry her. Uh, and so uh, it was real simple for me. And yet uh, the anxiousness of knowing that I didn't know what I was doing. I'd never done this before. Uh, and so there was a bit of uh, greatness, but also a bit of anxiousness to that. Um, wedding days are uh, weird, Dane. Um, they're weird. Dane and, uh, Dane and Savannah are engaged, and they're hoping to get married in the next few months. And so uh, uh, it, it's this idea that, that there's this incredible event, incredible event. People get all dressed up. There's a lot of... Uh, in a good way, hoopla to the, the day, uh, flowers and planning and excitement and family. And then uh, it's done. You go on this honeymoon and then you come back and it's all the, it just quiets down like this. And you go, oh, now what do we do? Uh, now, how do, how do we do this thing called marriage? And uh, I realized that this morning, even as I say the word uh, divorce. Uh, some of you are going, oh, great, oh, great. And I understand that. I understand that. I want to say to you that as we approach this topic of marriage and divorce, uh, n- there's nobody in the church here who hasn't been touched by this. Uh, every family, uh, e- every, every couple has someone they love or they've been through it themselves or they, they have uh, experienced this as a child. And, and so I, I want to tell you, uh, I don't want to say just relax, it's no big deal, but I, I want us to allow God to have this area of our life. Um, it's interesting, um, marriage is so tough, isn't it? There, there's sometimes, in, I was thinking about basketball. How many of you like basketball? Uh, the simplest thing in the world, the simplest thing in the world is a free throw, Right? Kind of. Well, why do they miss? 
the free throw. You, you, you know what that is, right? You know, they, nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch you. They hand you the ball. They hand you the ball. And when you're ready, you can shoot. And, and nobody's there. Nobody can touch you. It's not that simple. It's straight. It's straight. You have the backboard. Uh, it's not that far away. Why do people miss the free throw? Well, it's all the stuff, right? It's the people screaming, you know, it's a college game. They're, they're behind it going, ah, you know, and uh, it's the, the pressure. Your heart's beating, you know. It, it, a lot of times it comes down to the end of the game and you realize the gravity of the moment. And you have teammates that are cheering you on. There, We depend on you to make this. And you have enemies going, well, I hope you miss. And, and there's all this stuff that comes together. And so sometimes it makes it difficult. And I would say the same thing about marriage. Uh, it's not that difficult in and of itself, but the pressure and the moments and the circumstances uh, sometimes make it very difficult and cause us to, in those moments, uh, do things that uh, don't help marriage but hurt. And so I, I just want to lay all that out on the table as we begin this morning and just realize a few things. Uh, this is, uh, this is the, the Bible intro, if you will, okay? Uh, uh, divorce is in the Bible. Is in the Bible. Uh, book of First Corinthians. Uh, immorality. Uh, that's even hard to get our heads heads around. Uh, you, you see divorce and and uh, remarriage and uh, the complications of whom I married to and this and that and you, you see the the idea. Sometimes we think that our world's this big mess, and it is, and it is, and we as a church in that are a big mess. Okay. Uh, let, let's not let's keep it real here this morning all right um, we we struggle we live in a world that struggles but in the time of the bible you, you have the the Corinth, the the town of corinth the city of corinth and and they are in the church they're talking about immorality between a son and a stepmother okay pretty messed up uh, this is the world we live in. This was the world they lived in. Okay, the Book of Romans it speaks of uh, immorality like this. Really, the whole New Testament and even the Old Testament, the, this idea of immorality ruining marriage. I, I want to say this. Some of you say, uh, "Well, uh, I just knew," and and this was the world that I grew up in. Okay, the church that I grew up in. Uh, we were taught. Uh, you, you never say the word divorce. You just never say it. And I would say that's good. That's good. Um, that's a great model, and I'd encourage you to be one of those couples. That said, uh, Joseph. Joseph said the word divorce. Joseph looking at Mary. Mary, the woman who gave birth to the Lord. And he was plotting and planning in his mind, and he goes... Uh, I need to divorce her quietly. I need to figure this out. This is where this is heading. And so be careful. Be careful when you say, oh, this should never be. It, it is. It's true. It happens. Um, even in that, though, I would tell you this, that Joseph was provided a way out, even by the Lord himself sending uh, an angel to speak to them. You also uh, see in uh, as Jesus was talking to the woman at the well in John chapter 4, you see uh, him speaking to this woman, and uh, he, at one point he says, well, go get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he says, yeah, you have five husbands. 
okay? And we look at that, and it startles us. Did he, did he just say five? Uh, five at one time or five back? We don't know. That, that's, that's the world that we live in. We realize that it's complicated and that relationship is difficult. As I said before, that, that's the Bible, but you probably have your own story. The own, your own uh, things that shapes the way you look at marriage and divorce. You know someone in your family that's gotten a divorce. You've walked through that with them. You've heard their stories. Maybe you were a child that came from a divorced family and you got to have that front row seat to your parents struggling through their marriage. Or maybe you've been divorced yourself and you realize the mistakes you made and the place you got yourself to and and the choices that you felt you had to make. And maybe even today you come to Bear Valley Church, you're rolling in and you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it. It it may not come out from your lips, but it comes up in your mind. I also know that there are young people here this morning, those who have not been married, and I want to encourage you, soak it in today. Soak it in today. Hear from the Lord today. May this shape the way you look at the future. So we go to the Lord. We we ask Him uh, to uh, come into this most intimate, most personal part of our life, the issues of marriage and the sustaining of that in the days to come. I want to say also that some of you say, well, I don't believe in divorce, and yet you live and make your spouse's life miserable by the selfish choices that you make. You say, I don't believe in divorce, but I'm going to make her life or his life miserable. And because we can't get divorced, we just can't do it. I can be as selfish as I want to be. As we come to this time, uh, we're in chapter 19 in the book of Matthew. And I want to read to you uh, this first section here um, in, in hopes that God would speak to us. You can stand in honor of God's word. Now when Jesus had finished uh, these sayings, He went away from Galilee and entered the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And the large crowds followed Him and He healed them there. And the Pharisees came up uh, to Him and tested Him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? He answered, Have you not read that He who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh so they are no longer two but one flesh what therefore God has joined together let not man separate God we ask your blessing on your word I pray that we would have open hearts uh, that we would not shove this away, that we would not uh, try to protect our past um, and shape our future in our own way, but may we listen to you. Uh, God, give us uh, tender hearts. May we hear from your Spirit, uh, not from our own ideas. God, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. 
We have uh, the first portion of chapter 19 speaks of this transition that Jesus went from one area to the next. And it says that as he got there in verse 2, and large crowds followed him and he healed them there. So the crowds are still pushing in. He's still doing his work. He's going about doing this. And this is the setting for this conversation about divorce and marriage. As we come to this, we, we see the, the Pharisees coming again. And it says that in verse 3, And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? Um, they came to him because they wanted to know. No, they didn't. They didn't care. They didn't care. They were they they have done this over and over in Jesus' life as teaching. They see the crowds coming in, and so as reporters would get a politician, they come and try to ask a question that would somehow stump him and make him look bad. And so they come with this very difficult question. And you say, Well, it doesn't seem that difficult. Yes, it is. It's a very difficult question, and it's a simple question of when can one get divorced? What is it that justifies a divorce? I would say this is one of those gotcha questions. They said it, and they probably smirked, and they go, we got him. We got him. Let's watch Jesus fumble over his words over this one. If he comes down strong over here, we'll realize half of the crowd will hate him for that. And if he comes over here, the other half will hate him for that. This is going to be great. This is going to be fun. Let's watch Jesus squirm. The question they asked is, what is your interpretation? What do you see marriage as? And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, someone could ask you this today. And, and the questions are the same. If, if I asked you, what do you believe about divorce? You would be answering to me what you believe about marriage. And in the same way, if I asked you, what do you think about marriage? You would be telling me, telling me what you think about divorce as well. The, these are our two connected issues. And it was a common issue in Jesus' day. There were really two schools of thought in Jewish culture. And the first one, more conservative one, went like this. That uh, a man could divorce his wife for being unfaithful, for adultery. If uh, a wife was unfaithful in adultery, the man could divorce her. It is interesting, as we looked at the Jewish law, it was pretty... Uh, bent towards the man but there were other rules as well in culture that uh, gave wives rights to to do the same and you look at this and you say uh, well what is it that they're coming and they're saying what what makes divorce okay what is it is it is it adultery they're looking for these two uh, differing views to see which side Jesus fell on the conservative side that said if one commits adultery and then there was a wider view a couple of different versions of that but it kind of goes like this that uh, a husband could divorce his wife for any cause any cause examples given 
uh, if she messes up the food all the time. Uh, if she ruins his dinner, okay? Um, that kind of shows the heart of a man right there, right? The heart of a man is really close to his stomach. You know, I, I don't know if this is, you can prove this biologically or anything, but I'm pretty sure it's true that, you know, that we're just built different. Our heart and our stomach are connected. Um, the, the other idea or example of this it goes like this, that, that for some reason he looks upon his wife and he finds someone better. He, he doesn't like the way she looks. He doesn't like the way she talks. He doesn't like to be around her so he can go and get a divorce and in his mind upgrade. I, I look at this and I go, this is the same idea. These are the same ideas uh, that we have today. It's this idea that uh, really any reason will work. Anything will do. I realize that even as I share this this morning, uh, some of you bear the pain of some of these decisions. That you've struggled through these things. That you've had these things presented to you. Either you've been the one that's left or you've been the one that's been left. And you realize that uh, it, it, it just is hard and it's hard to grasp these things. And I want to tell you, that's part of the pressure of it all. That that's part of the, the difficulty of marriage. Yeah, I, I've talked to many people who have been divorced and they, they tell me about the days that led up to that. And they, they tell me about how the pressure was on and they had kids and, and there was all the job thing and there was all this pressure and they were fighting all the time and, and there was this and there was that and it seemed right at the time. And there was great relief when it happened and yet there was great heartache and pain that followed. Why? Because it, it's not something simple. We're going to look and see what marriage is. It's not something where, hey, we just agree to disagree. Uh, no fault divorce. Really, it's everybody's fault divorce, right? Just like every problem in marriage. Right? You have problems in your marriage? Uh, it's not her fault. It's not his fault. It's your fault. There's what you're contributing. And so we see marriage. And so we see these two ideas that uh, th this... Uh, narrow view of just adultery or we see this other view this wider view that says any reason any cause um, I, I, I want to tell you that this whole question of the Pharisees uh, is probably the issue that we struggle with in our culture today can I get divorced and give me a good reason I, I want to tell you uh, find the good reason to stay together any reason to stay together Look for it. Don't look for a reason to leave. Look for a reason to stay. And there will be a reason. I think that this is the part of the problem that we struggle with so much. Is that we need to look for those reasons to stay and not to leave. It's interesting that the Pharisees did not ask the question. Um, they, can one be divorced? Can one get divorced? But he, there was an assumption that they could. And, and tell me the good reasons. Uh, th this is what we talk about today. And this is maybe the question that some of you are answering, asking today. What would just be justifiable cause for me to get divorced? And I want to tell you, if you have been divorced, if you know someone, 
try to put the past in the past. And, and I want to tell you that that's what we're here for. Um, I, I loved the clear answer from the young man who said, God gave Jesus to die for our sin. That's, that's the clear answer. And how do you put the past in the past? Not by trying to justify it. Not by trying to look back and sort it all out. But to see that it's covered by the blood of Jesus. That's the only way to put the past in the past. And we want to help you with that. We're here. Mike and I would love to meet with you. The elders would love to meet with you. Encourage you to help you put things in perspective of the past. Uh, it can only be done through Jesus. It's interesting to me that the Pharisees didn't really want the answer. <laughs> they didn't really want the answer. But they asked the right question. <laughs> they asked the right question. And what they were asking is this. What does God believe about marriage? <laughs> What's the truth about marriage? And really, wh what is the truth about difficulties in marriage? What does God say? Let God speak. And, and this morning, this is my hope and prayer for us here, that, that we would let God speak. I, I think that it's interesting that, that we would allow God into everything in our lives. We'd allow Him into everything. We'd say, hey, uh, God, I need help with my kids. I need help with my finances. I need help finding a parking spot. I need help... Uh, causing it to rain or not rain on this day or that day. and uh, We will talk to God about all these different things, but when it comes to the most intimate relationship, that of a husband and wife, we're saying, don't mess with it. I want to do what I want to do. I, 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 I don't want your input. And yet the Pharisees didn't really want the answer, but they asked a great question. Jesus, what, what is it about divorce? Is it justifiable? Is there a way? And so I want to tell you where we're going with this. This week, we're going to handle this, this section that we're going to handle. And then we're going to handle the following section, which is a little bit more complicated than this section. And then we're going to talk about how to keep from getting divorced three, three weeks from now. And I realize you're saying, well, I'm not planning on getting divorced. I, I know. I'm glad. I'm glad. Okay. But what, what we're, maybe we'll say it in the positive, how to stay married, or I don't know. We'll have some great title, some really creative thing that just covered in brilliance or something. I don't know, but that third week, we're going to talk about things that we can do today, um, being in the difficult situation of marriage, okay? Um, I want to tell you, by the way, if you're not married, it's a good thing, too. It's good to be married, okay? It is. It is. You won't realize how pathetic your life was until you got married. You know, you'll realize what you've been missing, you know, all these years. Right, Dane? Uh, someone needs to be sacrificed all the time, Dane, for a good sermon. And it's you today. Today's your day. Um, Jesus shares really five points on marriage, and starting in verse uh, 4. This is Jesus' answer, Okay. He says, uh, he answered, have you not read? I love that. I love that. Aren't you not very smart? You're a Pharisee. Didn't you go to school or something? Must not study the scriptures ever. You know, Jesus says, have you not read? Don't you know this already? What does he say? He says, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Male and female. As he, uh, 
as he answers, Jesus is talking to them about divorce, but he's really talking about them about marriage to, to them about marriage. And what does he say? He says, have you not read? Go back to the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story goes like this, that he created them male and female. Male and female. Um, Sometimes when it comes to the issues of marriage, we uh, bemoan this fact. We don't embrace it. We go, oh, you know. Men are from Mars and women are from Pluto or something like that. And, you know, it's just too complicated. We just think differently. And, oh, that's what makes marriage so hard. And it's all messed up. If everyone would just think like me, it would be great. Uh, I just want to tell you, your creator, your creator, the all-wise, all-knowing one, didn't do it that way. He didn't do it that way. In fact, he saw Adam in his needy, pathetic state. And he said, it's not good for him. And so what did he do? He created someone different for him, that they together would be the, the complement or the, the helper to one another, the partnership, the, the God-made partnership. And you say, well, we're not the same. We don't think the same. God made it that way. He made it that way. And so for you to say to your husband and wife, you don't think like me, that's good. That's good. Uh, because we're probably wrong when we say that, right? And, and that God designed this to be different. He designed men and women to be different. There's a whole message we could talk about that, but we we're not going to, okay? God designed men and women to be different. Okay, we're going to move on from there. This was our Creator's plan. That God, in His creation, He did this with purpose. He did this with purpose. And so, uh, most of the time, as divorce comes about, there's this disagreement. There's this, oh, we just don't see eye to eye. I want to tell you that that's not something that should be rejected. That should be something that you should understand that your Creator has put you together to complement one another, to be in this partnership. He made you different by design. To embrace that. The second thing I, I want to point out in these five things of marriage that Jesus pointed out, he, he said first that he made them both male and female. And then in verse 5, uh, going back to the beginning again in Genesis, he said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. You have here a good change, a good change. And you say, what is this good change? It's the start of a new family. It's the start of a new family. It is not you clinging to the old, to your relationship as a child, but now leaving that relationship and starting a new family. I want to tell you, uh, as a son or a daughter here today, you are not to have your loyalties to your parents, it's to your spouse, it's to your spouse, that you are to come together in this new relationship and to abandon that old relationship, not in the sense that you don't talk to them anymore, not in the sense that you don't even care for them anymore, but as you come together, your new loyalty is to this new family, this husband that you have taken, this woman that you have taken, and you come together and in this new, and there's this 
picture here of leaving that old relationship and now holding fast to this new one. He says, Adam, hold fast to your wife. Cling to her. This is now your priority. This is now your loyalty. It is not to your parents anymore. It is not to your family, but it is to her and her alone. This begins this new family. And as you see this, this is a good change. Uh, If you could play this out the other way, um, a man who is 40 should not be living at home anymore. Okay? This is important for you to remember. You young men here, you young women here, there's a time to leave, okay? And a time to cleave to your wife. This is the picture. This is God. And by the way, this is God's design. This is God's design. His design male and female his design that they would leave and cleave there would be this new and and you get this some, sometimes we look at this and we go oh i don't like that idea i got a better idea you don't have a better idea okay and and the greatness of this as you see it uh you take a step back you go he's setting up the next generation he this is part of the brilliance of god where he says no, you're not supposed to stay at home. You're not spo- but you're supposed to start a new family. Why? Because that new family is the next family that's going to take over. And that next family from there, it, it's the brilliance of God. That he is wise in his uh, picture of what it is to be married. He then says this of this new uh, one uh, this new relationship where they leave the father and the mother and they hold fast to the wife and then he says this and the two shall become one flesh and then he says it again verse 6 so, so they are not, no longer two but one flesh as you look at this you, you see this unique concept that, that throughout the scripture it comes back and comes back especially when it comes to the issues of infidelity and immorality he says this that you are now coming together in a relationship, uh, a sexual union, if you will, that is now a one flesh relationship. You come together as one. In the most intimate act, in the most intimate relationship, you now share that, and it refers to you as one flesh. What a picture. One flesh. You realize that as you come together as one flesh, you say, well, uh, that's bad math. You have two people and then they become one. Aren't they less than now? I want to tell you, in some ways they are. In some ways they are. If you think, uh, and this is a struggle, um, there's a struggle for everybody, but if you fight against marriage, it'll be difficult for you to have two separate lives living together. If you want to keep your career and she wants to keep her career and you want to keep your ideas and she wants to keep her ideas and you want to keep your schedule and she wants to keep her schedule and you come together but you really aren't together, you really aren't one, you, you say, well, it just gets in the way of everything. Yeah, if you try to be two when you're supposed to be one, it's going to be all messed up. We have uh, medical terms for that, right? <laughs> When you, your body doesn't work together, right? There, there, there's problems. We, we say that's a, a deficiency. We say that's a problem. It's a problem in marriage as well. And so you have uh, put before us Jesus' answer to the Pharisees. Let me tell you about when it is right or justifiable to divorce. 
God created them male and female. God created them to, to leave and cleave. And he says, now, he says, I, I want you to remember, I say, I'll say it twice, it's a one flesh relationship. He creates out of this leaving, he says, I create a, a new sexual, permanent, united relationship. This is not a casual, we're sharing an apartment, uh, we're sharing financial obligations, we're trying to work the IRS so we get the deductions. We are solving loneliness problems. It's none of these things in and of itself, but it's the, this idea that we have created a final, permanent bringing together of two into one. This is what marriage is. It's serious. It's serious. It's not this casual thing, and hey, we'll see how it works, and, you know, we kind of like each other, so, uh, you know, uh, we'll just kind of see how this goes. It's not like that. At least that's not God's intention. As we look at this passage in verse 6, he says, So the, they are no longer two, but one flesh. And then he says this, What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Number four, the fourth thing, it's a work of God. It's a work of God. As you... Uh, as you, if you're single here today and as you, you hope to get married or maybe you don't hope to get married, but one day you'll hope to get married, uh, you change and you say, well, when do you know you should get married? When you see God bringing you together with someone. That, that's when you know. When you see him working things together and placing you and you look at that person that wants to marry you and you want to marry them, it's not just that you're getting selfishly what you want, but that you see God bringing you together for a lifetime. And you see the work of God and this is God's plan. This is God's creation. This is God's idea. And this is finally God's work bringing them together. This is you know, I, I want to stop and I want to talk a lot about our country right now, but I won't. I'll just say, but this is the deal, right? This is God's work. Marriage is God's work. It is not our work. It's not our ideas. It's not what we think it is. It is a work of God, which leads us to our, our final, our fifth idea that comes from Jesus when it comes to marriage. He says this, God's work joining them, and uh, our fourth point there, it's not man's idea or preference, but it's a work of God, which brings us to the conclusion, no one should separate. No one should separate. As God has brought together, as God has brought together, no one should separate. You, you realize um, this in different places and times, uh, you, you could see it on different things here in our community where uh, you, you could go up to an electrical box and it has a stamp on it of who owns this electrical box. And if you start messing with that, you realize the company that owns that is going to come after you because you're messing with their stuff, okay? I, I want to tell you, when it comes to the issues of marriage, what all of us should remember is this, is God's idea. It's God's idea. It's his work. It's, he brings it together. It's the way he planned it. And as he brings a couple together, it says that no one separate. Have you heard that in a marriage? 
Some brilliant pastor made that up, right? No, it came right from here. It was God's plan. It was God's plan for marriage. As we think about this, it says no one should separate. Um, No one should mess with marriage. Why? Because it's God's. It's His idea. It's His work. And and as you look at that in the midst of marriage, sometimes marriage is so difficult. Um, Some of you ladies are are married to the most difficult men I've ever met. Um, uh, No raising hands. I don't need confessions here. Um, There's no pointing either, okay? We should start a support group for... uh, my wife will lead it. Um, dip, those who deal with difficult men, okay? Um, as we consider this, you say, well, um, I have grounds. I have grounds. I'm justified. I, I, I realize that, that my husband's a pain and I deserve better. I deserve to be happy. I, I deserve these things. It's so difficult. I can't live another day. I want to tell you, as we look to God's word, Jesus was asked, when is it justifiable? When is it justifiable to get divorced? What what are the reasons? And Jesus answered this. This is what he answered. This is his concise answer. There's going to be a follow-up question next week. We'll look at that. But this is his answer. He says, what God has joined together, let not man separate. Well, who is that man? Okay. It's a mother-in-law. It's a mother-in-law. You're laughing. I'm not. Okay. Some of you are mother-in-laws here. And you think your son or daughter deserves better. I want to tell you what God has joined together and let no man separate. Some of you fathers, father-in-laws, you, you look to the same thing and you go, oh, you know, what a, what a loser. She's, she's no good for him. Just, just get be done with it. Uh, and you're, you're counseling and you're encouraging and you're putting a wedge in the marriage of your children. Don't do it. Why? Because well, God has joined together. Let no man separate. Some of you are, are siblings and you're... you're sister or brother is coming to you and they're saying what should I do what should I do and you say trust in God trust in God you don't want to be a part of that separation that God has joined together some of you are friends some of you are are in the marriage yourself and you say I can't take it anymore I I would encourage you to cry out to God cry out to God let the author the one who created marriage answer your questions and give you sustenance for the day I just want to give you two things in closing this morning I always try to bring it down to some practical things that we can do some thoughts that we can have the first one goes like this God loves you and he cares for you God loves you and he cares for you today where you're at some of you are saying oh wish I wouldn't have come to church today. It just brings up all this ugly stuff again. I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. Today, where you are, in the mess you're in, the the crazy thoughts you have for the future and the crazy thoughts and things you've done in the past, I want to tell you that God loves you and He cares for you. You think of that woman at the well who had those five husbands. He extended a hand of mercy to her. 
He called her to a better way. God loves you. He wants to help you with today. Where you are with, with the thing, things of the past and to guide you with the future. And don't sort this out on your own, but let Him be the one to sort out this, knowing that He loves you best. He loves you best. The second thing I, I want to share with you, and th- these may be things that uh, different people are hitting at different times. I want to encourage you, don't get divorced. Don't get divorced. By definition, this is God's design. He wants marriage to be preserved. And as far as it depends on you, don't get divorced. Next week, we're going to talk about some of those uh, dicier issues that come up in marriage and Jesus really clarifying some of his statements. But I want to tell you, if you're thinking about it today, if you're struggling with it, I want to encourage you, don't get divorced. We'll talk about those things in the weeks to come as well. Just know that God is with you in your marriage. God wants to give you enough. I I realize that life is hard. It's difficult. But God wants to help you with the struggles of today. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you uh, for the blessing of your word. Thank you for your son Jesus, the things that he said. I pray that they would penetrate our hearts uh, this morning. God, I ask for healing for those who have been through divorce. I pray that you would heal their hearts. I pray that uh, there would be a sense of grace uh, in the lives of the people here, that they know that though they may have acted wrong and made bad choices, though they uh, have things that were so complicated in the past, just going over that and struggling through that, I pray that they would see that covered by the blood of Jesus. And God, I ask for those... uh, who today might struggle with marriage or in the future, Lord, I ask that you'd prepare their hearts now through your word, that they would hear the clear words of Jesus, that they would embrace them, that they would trade in their thoughts for your thoughts. God, do your work in your church. Protect us from the attacks of the enemies and the repercussions of that that will go from generation to generation. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us and guiding us through it, through your spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.